The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Kent and Derek and myself, Mike. How you guys doing? Pretty good. All right. Long week. Apparently, yeah. Ken, you survived the forest moon of Endor yet again. A yearly trip to Endor, yes. So no First Order, no Imperial Remnants, no... Nope. And no sunburn, so it's all good. Well, that's cool. Uh, since Zoe starts school tomorrow, the day after we're recording, uh, yeah. I took her and her cool. friends to Disney Hollywood Studios for one last hurrah, and we actually had reservations for Ogus. Cool. For her friends, that was their first time there, so she had fun taking them. And I tried to get them all in trouble with the first order and as we passed stormtroopers and it didn't work so my mission for next time um but I don't look now but we got company at the airlock want me to let them in j7 if you would please we have joining us this week uh she is the writer of star wars books such as star wars be more obi-wan uh, she helped co-write with Ashley Eckstein, Star Wars Every Day, and stuff that just came out earlier this month that we all have, Star Wars Conversation Cards. We have Kelly Knox with us. How are you doing tonight, Kelly? Hi, doing good. I actually went to Disneyland last last week, so we were there. Uh, I took my family, and we did Oga's Cantina, and I saw the Stormtroopers. Okay. Yeah, I'm on the other coast. Oh, you went to I, I've never I'm been on, to the other one. I'm on Batu East. Uh-huh. So as I guess it's the way to delineate the two, Batu yeah. East, Batu West. Uh, but somehow my ship is at both locations. So Hondo's taking care of it, both places. Yeah. How he cloned it, I don't know. But, um, so we're going to start off with the Star Wars conversation cards. How did this project come about? Uh, this one, my editors at Inside Editions, which published the Star Wars Everyday book you mentioned, they got in touch with me uh, with the idea and it sounded really fun. So I, I said yes right away. And it actually turned out to be one of the uh, the more difficult things I've written just because I'm naturally shy and thinking of ways to keep a conversation going was a lot. I don't want to say it was more difficult than I expected because I expected it to be difficult, but it was definitely a challenge, but it was a fun one. Okay. So definitely one of the most challenging projects you've done. Yeah, just because, um, you know, most most of the time I'm not great at small talk, but, you know, I figured if it was all Star Wars questions, you know, I could I could handle that. 
is this something you would want to do again, like more conversation cards? Uh, you know, I've had people suggest like uh, expansion packs, like a, like it was a game and like, like oh. a High Republic theme I've seen. And, you know, maybe some specific themes like that would be fun to do. I haven't heard of anything like that from the publisher, but I liked I liked the suggestion. Okay. Since you brought up theming, what time period are we covering here? Because we we do a game called Smuggler's Feud and it's based on the Star Wars Family Feud game that came out. And that was original trilogy, prequel trilogy, and Force Awakens at the time. I don't remember. I don't know if we've got any Force Awakens stuff in it. Uh, we, we've had Ray and BB-8 mentioned, but I, I think it only goes up to Force Awakens. You're asking us like we enjoy playing the game. <laughs> so you want to play the game? <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, man. Never said that. Um, well, the cards actually cover everything from prequels to, uh, yeah, all the way through the sequels and some of the High Republic. So there are a few uh, questions in there that could apply uh, to just about um, every era of Star Wars. Okay. So with, let's say, the Mandoverse, mm -hmm. it is open-ended where it can cover Ahsoka which is coming out in a couple of weeks, um, Skeleton Crew. So you, you had the forethought of thinking ahead mm -hmm. for, for those shows that haven't come out yet that fit within that particular time. Yeah, I mean, that was part of the, the challenge I was talking about, too, was, you know, it has to cover not just all the eras of Star Wars, but all sorts of familiarity with Star Wars. One thing I like to say about this is that um, I wrote it with my dad in mind, who probably saw the movies in the 70s and 80s and maybe hasn't watched it again since then and so i imagined a lot of these when i was writing the question and then writing the um sort of cheat sheet in the little booklet i imagined my my dad being the one to go through it so maybe he's never heard of the high republic or he's never heard of the mandalorian although that one he's heard of but with the with the right kind of question and the right context in the little booklet uh, everybody's included like nobody will ever feel like they can't answer the question so even if they haven't seen ahsoka coming up or skeleton crew or anything at all so that's that um they might think everybody's already seen as long as you know a little bit about star wars you can you can follow along and not feel left out so there's a couple of things that i really really love about this um, number one, I love that it's separated into categories like creatures, characters, technology, etc. Um, but the main thing is this is not a trivia game. So, you know, people are thinking this is another trivia game. It's not. It's it's it asks you a question um, and you you kind of um, give your, you know, it like I don't know if it's actually in here or not, but, you know, like what what's your favorite character and why? And then you have to answer, you know, come up with an answer for that. And um, it's really interesting. I think that makes it a lot more fun than just a yeah. regular game. Yeah, yeah. It's really open-ended. And like I said, any level of Star Wars fan can can take part. The worst thing is to, you know, be in a conversation and not feel like you can contribute anything. So that's what the, that was the idea that I approached the little booklet with uh, that comes in the box. So it'll give you like ideas for if you may not know. For example, to say like, what's your what creature would you want as a pet in Star Wars? Well, you might think to yourself, I don't know any creatures in Star Wars, and kind of feel like you can't contribute. But if you look in the booklet, there's a list of like, oh, you saw this in Empire Strikes Back, or you might have seen this in Jedi Fallen Order. Like, just kind of help you get through the conversation without ever feeling like you don't deserve to be in it. Yeah, I, I know my daughter's answers off the top of my head. <laughs> Loathcat and Porks. Nice. 
third would but be. You have, to have a lot of porgs around because you got to have dinner at some point. I know. <laughs> I know. Another another interesting thing about this is so I I have another podcast um, called Keepers of the Fringe that I do with my best friend, and he we're both big Star Wars fans, so I introduced him to this, and, and we ended up deciding that we were gonna uh, read one card at the end of every episode, um, but. We haven't been able to do just one card. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. It's fun because you you come up with answers and you really th- and, and it, it leads to other questions and other answers and other things to talk about. It's been really fun and interesting. Thank you. Yeah, the thing that I find is interesting and kind of unique about this is, um, like Derek said about it, it's not a trivia game. Really, this is not a game at all. No. This is straight up, like we said, just a way to start conversations. And as you said with Keeper of the Fringe, Derek, that you can sit there and read a card and you just go back and forth and it's all opinion. Nobody's right, right, nobody's wrong on any of these answers. Any of the questions that I've read through here, there is no right or wrong answers here. It's whatever you feel. And your answer will change. There's like, what, 125 cards? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, your answer will change every time you play the game. It's so not, not a game. Every time you read them. Huh? I always say play so the cards, too. I get you. <laughs> yeah. So far, we've gone to, we're going in order on, on my podcast, and we've gone to 14 so far. Are we? In, you've in like three episodes. You probably will never have the same answer twice on any of them. Right. I have different answers from when I wrote it already. <laughs> oh, we we did uh, have to look. I have to look. People you're doing it with, they their answers can influence your answers or vice versa or whatever. Or you could you know somebody could come up with some wild answer. They I never thought of that. Well, if y'all remember, a couple of weeks ago we did two questions on our own. Yeah, I don't remember yesterday, let alone a couple of weeks ago. Well, I believe two weeks ago we, um, with our or was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago? The last guest we had, we did a couple of questions with. Yeah, mm. yeah, with Jim. Yeah. So which with hanger. 58 hanger dash 58.com use code Wookie, I believe it's Wookie Radio for 10% off. And he just introduced some new Sabine shirts. Oh, nice on there. And Zoe is ecstatic over one of them. They also have some new Republic shirts on there, too. Another thing that could be nice is um, Mike mentioned the infamous smugglers feud that we have to deal with here once in a while. They, he uses as an icebreaker with other podcasts. Stop I would almost think he's going to pull it up. Wait, wait, wait. This might be a better icebreaker for with other podcasts oh. and things. Oh, yeah. Maybe at the That'd end be- of a show. Maybe at the end of a show, but no. I pictured it more like, you know, you're waiting in line at a convention or for, I mean, people don't wait in line for movies anymore. But if you did something like that to bring along, like grab a few cards before you go out and at least, you know, start a few conversations instead of just sitting there. Well, there you go. If you're at if you're at the Disney parks and you're waiting in line, you start pulling out the questions. Oh, any amusement park. So, Ken, you, you game? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> She's not another podcast. Um, how did you come up with the different categories? Or was this something that was laid out by Inside Editions or Lucasfilm? Uh, they suggested the idea of categories. And then as I started basically coming up with questions, uh, I could kind of naturally see the categories forming. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but I believe most of them are in characters. And then I think the force has, uh, the next, like many, uh, like numerous questions, but it was because there's so many things that I've thought about that I wanted to get in there. Like, um, 
I think the very first question I wrote was, is Anakin the chosen one? And so like those that I first got out of the way, I could kind of see um, forming natural categories. So that's, we ended up with four or five, four categories. <laughs> or is it five? <laughs> uh, it's five, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm flipping through the booklet now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's actually that. That's a perfect example of the type of questions that there are that you can answer. Is Anakin chosen one? And discuss. The funny thing is, as she said that, that I had just turned to that page in the booklet. <laughs> <laughs> the first, yeah, literally the first one I wrote because that's the one I like to ask people. So, so did they did they tell you to do 125? Is that what they wanted, or is that what you just ended up doing? I I remember that was the goal from the beginning. So. Okay. How long did it take you to actually go through and come up with all of this? Um, so it was last year, so I can't quite remember. It was a matter of months, and then there was a lot of, uh, like, through various reviews and approvals, you know, it would be massaged a lot. So, I would, yeah, I would, I would say a couple months to write them all. So how involved was Lucasfilm with uh, the they, questions? <laughs> I they didn't write any questions or suggest any questions, but they did, you know, review all of them and give me some feedback on them. So was, was there a lot that you had to rewrite? Um, no, Based there were on- not that many. Uh, but it wasn't a lot. I wasn't like, oh no, <laughs> at any point. <laughs> <laughs> so. How hard of a wait was it? Okay, Lucasfilm has this. It's been two, three weeks. I haven't heard anything. I can't progress any further until I do. How how torturous was that? Uh, you know, at this point, I'm kind of used to it because this was my, was it my third? I've been through a few projects with Lucasfilm before, so I've kind of got a, a feeling for how the whole process okay. goes. So, But there is that period in between where you're like, can I stop thinking about this <laughs> right now or do I need to stay in that, in that mindset? <laughs> were, you, were you at all um, involved in the look and design of the cards in the book? I wasn't, but I was so excited when I saw it because I felt like it was really like a unique color scheme for one thing for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then I liked just the whole like the planet, the way they did the planets and the space yeah. theme to it, too. So I and then when I saw the cute little pictures they put in the booklet, I think I actually like screamed. Yeah. It's so cute. <laughs> There's some great stuff in here. Yeah, the booklet's really helpful, I feel like, with those. I mean, it's one of those, it, it screams Star Wars, but it doesn't scream Star Wars. Yeah, the blue and the purple, right. for some reason, isn't like the, you know, the colors I would have thought of for Star Wars, but they work really well. And our favorite ships on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> well, Your favorite ships on the cover. <laughs> what's really cool, I'm just, we're flipping through the cards and stuff here because we all have a copy of this. But um, And you were saying how this is, has stuff as new as the TV series. So I just got a one that basically comes directly out of the Obi-Wan series. Mm-hmm. It's a question about the um, hidden path and what phrase would you put on the wall? It's like, that's something directly that it was Obi-Wan only. It's the only place in Star Wars you'll find that. Mm-hmm. Now, the new um, the new Jedi Fallen Order or Survivor game has the hidden path in it, but I've not seen it anywhere in there where it's actually got the messages written on the walls. Yep. <laughs> so how much... Did you try uh, putting a message? Did you try putting a message on the wall? (laughs) Not yet. I've not got that far. (laughs) uh, When you were writing this, did they give you any um, any screeners or anything that hadn't been out yet to get ready for what's going to be coming? Or was it you had to rely basically on your own knowledge of what you've seen? That's a great question. No, it was all my own knowledge. Um, I 
think even at that point, was there only a trailer out? Either I was watching Obi-Wan at the time or the trailer had just come out or something. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all it was all me. <laughs> they didn't suggest any questions or series. They, they left that up to me. So, yeah, it was a really fun. You sign 75 NDAs and then say, here, you can watch this. Yeah, no, they they as far as I know, that's not a part, typical part of the process. <laughs> Did they, did they give you any specific limits before you started? Mm, no, everything, everything was fair game. They, they didn't, yeah, no limits. That's why I think it covers, um, like I said, the higher public. I think there's some, I think I know, I think I know. I'm pretty sure I used like Cal Kestis as an example. So the games were, you know, fair to use all everything comics. So yeah, they were, it was a pretty, a lot of freedom for this one. That's awesome. Since you mentioned the comics, gotta ask sure. how much Doctor Afra is referenced in the in the questions. You know, at least she's gotta be in there at least once. But I can't I can't think of the specific question. Yeah, I would have to try. Yeah, it's been a while. I would have to look through it again. <laughs> see if I got Doctor Afra in there. I tried to get as many different uh, stories in there as I could. <laughs> Do you have a favorite question or a favorite category or uh, actually we'll, we'll do it two part favorite question and a favorite category. Uh, my favorite category is um, the force because that, that's where I started. Like I said, with the, like the Anakin question, which might've ended up in characters, but um, I felt like I, I personally have so many questions about the force and find it fun to talk about that. Those, those are like the best. Those were the easiest to write. Um, I'm trying to think of what my favorite question was. Um, oh, there's there's Anakin. <laughs> uh, oh, my favorite question. I do remember. Uh, it's um, and it came out of the higher public because there's. I don't know if you guys have read it, but there's. Um, Every Jedi sees the Force differently in the books. They describe yes. it like, like a forest or the ocean. And so one of the questions that I really wanted to put in there was how you would see the Force. Like when you close your eyes and imagine it, like what would you see? And so that one was really fun for me to write. And I feel like that would really give you insight into the personalities of the people you're talking to. Because I, I imagine we don't all see it the same way. So that was one of my favorite additions in the novels. So I was glad I got to put that one in there. Force. The force is the Led Zeppelin catalog. There's the ocean. There's the immigrant song. I was I was gonna say uh, cross promotion. It's like the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there a question that you that actually got submitted that you're like, no, if I could take that out, I would. Um, no, I will say just from hearing people, um talk to me about their experiences now that the cards are out there are some that are more that have led to more serious and like in-depth discussions than I than I anticipated it's not that I would pull them out or anything I'm just surprised uh, and I think it's because the, is it the last card in the box yes the last card in the box asks you what you would if you were a senator basically what your cause that you would champion would be and the answers that I have heard like those are some serious discussions that people are having <laughs> about it and so I think I wouldn't change any cards but I think I would maybe just try to be a little more prepared for you know some some of the more in-depth <laughs> uh, discussions that are coming out of it <laughs> I think I think uh, one of, one of my favorite cards that we played on on my podcast is um it was uh what two characters who haven't met would you have meet each other 
And we were just, we just kept going, like, we'd think of a, a pair, and we're like, oh, and then there's these two, and then, oh, and then these two, and then, so it just kept going and going. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, only because we haven't delved all the way through all the cards ourselves, I do want to pose this question, since it is a conversation, would be a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to throw this out to everyone. If you could be a part of a faction in the Star Wars universe from either the High Republic era all the way through to the sequel era, what faction would you associate with and why? And I hope and and I'm wondering now, too, is this one of the questions that that you came up with? And if not, maybe it's something for the next time. Yeah, no, there's no there's no specific question about which faction you would choose. Um, I tried to uh, ask questions that would. I guess appeal. I don't know if there are fans of the Empire, but if you are, there are questions in there that you can certainly answer. Oh, there's uh, plenty of fans of the Empire. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> they have an entire legion out there called the 501st. That's true. There is the 501st. They would probably like the, the questions in there I included. <laughs> uh, personally, I feel like I have a cheat answer because uh, I have a, a character named after me in a Star Wars novel who works in the Jedi Archive. Uh, during the time of Obi-Wan and Anakin. So that's, that's immediately my answer because I feel like she already exists there. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. And who who did that for you? Uh, it's in Star Wars Brotherhood uh, by Mike Chen. Okay. Uh, it was a novel that came out last year. And in the archives, Obi-Wan stops and talks to Noxie Kell, uh, Jocasta's <laughs> assistant. And so I feel like, like he told me, Mike was kind enough to tell me that he actually pictured like me just in Jedi robes, and so I feel like <laughs> I'm actually in there. That's awesome. So, so now you have your actual Star Wars character. Yes. So I feel again, it's kind of cheating the answer, but that's so I would say a Jedi in the uh, prequel era. I don't think that's cheating. No, yeah, I mean, to make a toy of it gives you a leg up. <laughs> I'm actually in. I'm actually canon. So yeah. <laughs> yeah really. <laughs> what about you, Derek? I would say the Ewoks so I could eat people. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think I'd go. I think I'd go with the Mandalorians. Actually, I think I'd like to be a Mandalorian. That would be fun. Okay, but maybe not. Maybe not the the crazy religious Mandalorian. You know, <laughs> this is the way. Maybe for you, but for me, I'm gonna go a different way. <laughs> it, it's too hot to wear the helmet all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It has to be. <laughs> Ken. Mine would have to be a Jedi from somewhere, probably. And actually, I'm gonna I must jump out of canon and go a Jedi from the old um, uh, New Jedi Order era, Luke's Jedi Order from the books. Okay, something something around the time of um, the Young Jedi Knight series with um, Jason and Jaina training with Lobaka and Tanelka and all them. <laughs> they would just they just seem like it, reading those books seems like it'd just be so much fun to hang out at the temple with them. <laughs> okay, for me, uh, only because of the books like Dooku, Jedi Lost, the uh, Tales of the Jedi series, um, and, and uh, Derek being part of your uh, chronological experiment, um, which I, I just jumped ahead and watched Attack of the Clones again. Um, I'm kind of, because of because of Dooku, kind of leading more separatists that, you know, the, the separatists really weren't as bad as made out. No, the only problem is I don't think it ended up too well for the separatists. No, <laughs> but the separatists had a clear picture 
of, I mean, yes, you still had the extremists within the, the separatist organization, like the trade, trade federations, which yeah, I care less about the trade federation. But the, the separatists themselves you know, were actually kind of had a clear picture of what was happening in the galaxy and saw the changes coming. And, and they, they, they were able to foreshadow what was ha- what was happening and it ended up being their doom. <laughs> Well, we've talked about this a lot on the show here, how um, Star Wars, every faction is a shade of gray. Yeah. There is no um, actual straight up, the, these are the good guys no matter what, because depending on what direction you look at it from, the like I said, the Rebellion is a terrorist group. Well, right? it, the, 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 um, the one the, set of the, books have it right. It's a certain yeah. point of view, which is referenced exactly. many times in either the shows or in the in the movies. For, for billions of people and trillions of people across the galaxy, the Empire is just a legitimate government. They, yeah, do it, right. they do it, they follow the laws, they pay their taxes, they go to work, and they're, ha- they're happy. Yeah. There's, yeah. I, I said, there's probably millions or billions of planets that are peaceful and happy, have no problem with the Empire. Yeah. We see it from the point of view of the Rebellion because that's the, the story we've been, we're told. Yep. Right. And then there's probably some that are even prospering under the Empire. Exactly. And not doing anything bad to prosper. They're just doing what they're living their lives. Right. And doing well. There's plenty of um, businesses that were doing well and fine living under the empire with no problem. See, I, th- I think that's why I like the, I, I, I call it the Epcot episode of Mandal- the last season of Mandalorian uh, with Jack Black and, and Lizzo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're they're flying into what looks like the old uh, concept of Epcot. Okay. Um, <laughs> And Christopher Lloyd's character being a separatist and Mm -hmm. working underneath, you know, working for a former Imperial who is no longer, you know, no longer shows signs of being Imperial, trying to be more High Republic. But, you know, just hearing Christopher Lloyd talk about Dooku had it right. The separatists had it right. Look what's happened and look what we're dealing with now. Like when you said when you said you wanted to be a part of the separatists, I I totally pictured you as Christopher Lloyd's character. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Marty, <laughs> I turned a DeLorean into a TIE fighter. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> Again, that's what's cool about about this because we have we always Star Wars fans always have conversations like this, mm-hmm. and, and this gives you some cool um, guidelines to to have those conversations with. And you did you've created some interesting character um, characters. Excuse me, some interesting questions. I will say. Yeah. Um, I haven't read them all because I don't want to cheat um, <laughs> for my podcast, but <laughs> but the ones we've done so far have been really interesting. Oh, well, great, great. Thank you. Well, when we when we got our copies from Inside Editions, which again, we thank the gang over there uh, for allowing us copies ahead before the, it was released. Um, I think before, before we started recording uh, the week we got them, we said, you know, when it's a short news week, we've got something to carry us through. Well, the first week was short. First time we used them, you know, we ended up needing to fill time. We thought, okay, let's do one question. Oh, it went quick. <laughs> like, okay, let's hit another question. That one stretched out a little longer. Like Pringles, you can't just do one question. 
Slays. Yeah, a friend of mine said she was doing a like a cross state road trip, and on the way, her son would pull a card and read it to her while she was driving, so that they had something to talk about the whole way through. And I thought that yeah. was really sweet. That, that would be cool too. Yeah, there you go. Um, speaking of which, talking about being in the car, and you know, we talked about theme parks um, or other places where you may be in line. What would you think, or how would you feel if Inside Editions turned this into a mobile app? That way, because I, I know like with my daughter, she uh, she and her friends, when they're in line at the parks for rides, they play the game heads up mm-hmm. on their phone. You know, this is something that, you know, you pose that question and then you know, who knows? Not only do you involve your family, but you know, whoever else happens to be in line with you waiting to get into the same place, it might draw them in as well. Yeah. Especially at some place like, oh, Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> It's funny you say that. There were people at Space Mountain playing heads up. So, yeah, I think you're on to something. Do you think this would translate adapting over into a a mobile app? I do, or at the very least, maybe an ebook version that you could flip through the Kindle app. And that way you can have uh, the booklet with you, too. That would be good. That's a good idea as well. That could be easy to add questions to it, too. (laughs) Yeah, the the expansion packs or DLCs for it, yeah. Yeah. Especially as different phases of High Republic are are wrapping up and new new shows and new direction and the the new movies that are coming. Mm -hmm. So, the new games, like Outlaw. Very lucky Star Wars fans. We have so much (laughs) coming up now. (laughs) Um, Is there anything else about the... The conversation cards that we want to touch on that we haven't covered yet. Um, no, I would just maybe repeat again that even if you think, you know, you're hanging with your family at Thanksgiving or something and you don't know if they'd be interested, you can at least give it a try and show them the booklet so they feel included. I kind of pictured, you know, instead of a boring holiday dinner, maybe you do this instead. I would really love to hear if anybody brings one up for Thanksgiving or something. The cool thing is that the way the, most of these questions are worded, you don't, they may be based in the minutia of Star Wars sometimes, but they're still general questions that most people should understand. Yep. Right. Even if you're asking for like specific creatures in Star Wars, if you've seen the original trilogy, you've seen 500 different creatures. Right. Yep. So if, you've, if you know what Star Wars is, you can answer probably 90% of these questions with something. Yeah. Even even if you haven't, you know, if if the question's based on prequel era and the person or the group you're with, you know, they're not prequel era people. I mean, I'm sure it, the question would be reworded to fit the audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, Star Wars is that adaptable, so I, I would assume the questions would be that adaptable as well. But I want to get into some of the previous books since we got the current stuff out. Of course, you can find Star Wars conversation cards on Amazon, on Inside Edition's website. Uh, I believe Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, they're all carrying it as well. Mm-hmm. Some game stories I've heard too started carrying it. Oh. oh, very cool. <laughs> so it's out there. Just search for it because uh, I know I, I saw links on Barnes & Noble, I think Books mm-hmm. a Million. I know Inside Editions has it uh, mm-hmm. and it's on Amazon. Um, so please go check it out. This is so worth having. Oh, I will say if if you are a listener of this podcast, then obviously you're some kind of Star Wars fan. And that means you are guaranteed to at least have some kind of fun with this. Um, and, and who knows? It's, it's I, great. I may talk to our friend. Or I'll reach out to our friends at Inside Editions and maybe see about getting two items as a gift for a life day giveaway and do Ooh. do a set of these cards and then the other book and then the book on the books that 
Haley was involved with. Oh, thank you. <laughs> with one of our, with one of my daughter's favorite people, Ashley Eckstein. Yeah, I was gonna say because we, when we got these cards that same week, we got uh, Star Wars Every Day also from them. Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> So I'm sitting here flipping through it some because I saw that you basically did all the crafts work, the crafts for it. I did, yeah. What was it like working with, with Ashley or collaborating with Ashley on this? Uh, she was just idea after idea after idea. She's so excited. She's so excited about Star Wars. She was excited to be writing a book like that. Um, for most for most Star Wars crafts, because I write them for the official website as well, there's some, it's kind of like writer's block where I get to where I don't know what I want to make next, but Ashley was not like that at all. She just had, she just had so many ideas that at some point I had to say, like, I don't mean to be rude, but you got to slow down because this is too many. <laughs> uh, and so it was, it was really an energizing way to work. Uh, on crafts that I uh, that I wasn't um, used to because it usually is just me by myself. So it was really fun to have collaborators and to um, take her idea because she would say something like, I'd like to have, you know, Ahsoka's lightsabers. And so then that would be what she gave me. And then she trusted me to, to go off and make the actual on my own and make the actual craft and send it to her and the editors to see if they if it met their like approval. And she was always so sweet and so excited for everything that I made. And it felt like a really uh, a fun process that, you know, I, I still it still makes me smile thinking about working with her. She was great. You can tell she really loves Star Wars and it comes through in that book. What, what, was there any um, like Skype or Zoom calls together with there, stuff or was it just a lot of emails back and forth? Uh, it was both. But <laughs> the majority were emails. There were some there were some uh, calls. I believe we wrote this during... I'm trying to remember the timing, but I think we might have been on lockdown. So I think that was the only uh, two options we had. Like, <laughs> might have been a year after, but we were still all kind of at home. I, I remember. So there was no in-person meetings for it. It was all email and and, and Skype or Zoom. Have you done any meetings face to face with her since the book has come out? Um, I was on a panel with her at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. She and I were on the uh, the nonfiction Lucasfilm publishing panel, okay. and so that was the first time uh, we had met in person. So that was really fun. That we both got to talk about uh, the book, and uh, she spent a lot of the panel talking about how she felt like almost like an imposter that she didn't feel like she was a writer. And I turned around because she was behind me in the panel. And I was like, what are you talking about? You have so many ideas. Like she was really humble about the whole experience and she shouldn't have been. She, she did a great job on this book. So she gave you the idea on the, um, crafts and stuff and you said you've done the crafts for starwars.com and things how do you come up with it i mean they give you an idea of this is what i want where how do you take that apart and figure out what parts you need to put it together and make it so that someone can actually just make this in the kitchen or in the dining room so i for starwars.com that's all that's all me it's my idea and then i pitch it and either they accept it or they don't um you know i'll see something in like a series or animation or just a movie and then kind of take the inspiration from there um, i've been doing it a while so i can kind of if i see something i can kind of start to get an idea of how to make it one of my goals is kind of like my goals with the conversation cards which is to make the craft accessible so it's not quite for kids but i want to use things you can find you know at Michael's, like a crafting store. Well, if you've never been at a crafting store, I try and keep that in mind too. And a lot of my crafts will use recycled materials, like right. 
milk jugs or, you know, food containers, things like that, that you can maybe find easier. So I try to approach, especially more recently, I try to approach my crafts from a, like a things you already have uh, standpoint, you know, raid the recycling bin and raid um, all the little random pieces of plastic and trash. That's one of my favorite things for Star Wars crafting because uh, that's how they made the Greeblies was from the model part, the yep. model kit leftovers. And so I'm a big fan of using those because I feel like it makes it feel Star Wars. But I will say whatever Lucasfilm turns down, if you still want to put them out there, Wookiee Radio would be a great home <laughs> for whatever crafts. <laughs> I Thank will open. You. I will open up our our our, our hole in that for it. <laughs> Thank you. I have a I have a tendency to be a little too obscure. I'll say that. <laughs> say, what <laughs> are you even talking about? <laughs> oh, we love it. See, I, obscure. Yeah, I would love that. Um, my my wife is an um, artist, and she does, has she's done crafting before. She makes jewelry and painting and all that stuff. So I understand the whole thing of you never know where you're going to end up at when you start somewhere. Yeah. She makes like wire wrap jewelry a lot of times. And I always described it as the wire talks to her. She starts with a general idea and then does whatever the wire does. Right. <laughs> Especially the more you do it, you kind of get this instinctive feel for it. Even just silly Star Wars crafts. I feel like I've, I've learned just the, the basics, you know, along the way. And I just keep adding to it with every project I do. But I, I think, well, that's, that's uh, pretty much how it is with writing too. So yeah. sometimes the story just takes over. <laughs> I'll throw the idea out there or starwars.com, maybe a Wookiee communicator since you're on. That's a good one. For some inspiration. Um, sort of like with the cards, what was your favorite item that you did in the Star Wars every day? Um, it's one of the crafts on the cover. It was turning a glue stick into a kyber crystal. If you carve a glue stick just right, you can make it look like a crystal and make your own necklace or keychain. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> I really liked doing that one. <laughs> That's really cool. What yeah. it, what ended up being Ashley's favorite craft out of the, the um, book, or, or do you know? I don't know about her favorite. I do know that the one that I mentioned, the lightsabers, were really important to her. Um, let me think. And I know that she took they. So the things I made here in my in my office, they I put in a box and I shipped them to the publisher, and then they did a photo show photo shoot with Ashley, like holding them for the book and holding like the the lightsabers that I made and stuff like that. So I know that she got a chance to to actually look at what I made. So that was pretty fun. Um, she never said what her favorite was, but I really think she looks kind of happy with those lightsabers in the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know she she's a sucker for the lightsabers. <laughs> I know when Disney uh, did the, I think they first did the, the Rebels sabers at Doc Ondar's. Um, I mean, she was supposedly in couple hours before they introduced them and was signing boxes, signing signing the cases on the bottom. People weren't realizing until they flipped it over that she assigned them. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, and I, I know she frequents here quite a bit because she and her husband are, are living here in Orlando, Mm-mm. in the Orlando area. Um, have you yet to be in the park when she's at the park? But <laughs> we don't go that often. Yeah. So, but we do, but we don't. Um, between between the cards and the book, what's been the the uh, the fan reaction or even peer reaction to them? Um, it's all been really nice and happy, and <laughs> uh, I've only done 
uh, I did one signing at Celebration for Be More Obi-Wan. So that's the only one I could say I've seen people react to in person. And that that was my first book signing. And that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, you know, it's generally generally positive. You know, some some great stories coming out of the cards in particular that, you know, with kids and parents using them that I think really, really hit me hard, but in a good way. <laughs> I like that. I know, like I said, I know we, we have used a couple here. Eric's been using them on, on his show. Um, I, I'm looking forward to using them more and I'm at that point. I almost want to buy a second set <laughs> so I can leave this set here for podcast stuff and have another set that could be used with the family or take other places. So I could keep track of what's been used where. So the thing that I like about the cards is they're all numbered. Yeah. One through one twenty five. So that's great. So I know, you know, all right, last week we did question 14. Now we're on 15. Um, if you do, you know, if you want to do them in order or not. Um, I like the little compartment they made for putting the used cards in. I feel like they kept it very organized for yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> I've just been moving them to the back. Yeah. My, my only issue with the cards is that the way we're going through them, I don't think 125 is going to be enough. Yeah. <laughs> um. Guys, any other questions? No, I'm just, I'm sitting here just flipping through the book and stuff and checking all this out. This is, um, I mean, I flipped through it a little bit before, but some of these is just amazing what you've come up with in the way to do things. <laughs> Thank you. So do, do you have your own answers for every one of the cards? Um, I don't because after, at first I did when I started writing them, but you know, as it got closer to 125, it got harder to write the questions. And soon I started only focusing on the question and not the answer. Um, so I don't have answers for all of them. And like I said earlier, my answers have changed since the time I, you know, wrote them. Right. Um, <laughs> so I think that's going to be true of everybody, though. You know, you come back after you you play Jedi Survivor or you see Ahsoka or something, and I think that'll that'll be fun for when you do get to 125 and start all, all over. Well, it sounds like you might need to pull it out on your Thanksgiving. And that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have another question. Sure. Would you trust a droid such as IG-11 to babysit? Why or why not? Uh, you know, before Mandalorian Season 3, I would have said yes. And then they put that creepy Terminator shot of him in the beginning of the season. And now I would have to say, probably not IG-11. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you lost, lost your chance. I need a record. That is actually a good question. I need to get the sound. <laughs> I need to get the sound drop of uh, Grogu hitting the yes no buttons for the show. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, but I. The only thing I'm concerned about that is how uh, how J Seven would react. Um, I don't remember that. Did someone erase my memory banks when I wasn't looking? Good old J Seven. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, I guess we've brought up J7 a couple times now on the show. Hey, J7, would you please introduce yourself? How you doing? My designation is RxJ7. You can call me J7 or just J. Sort of like our, our helper droid within the show. He's us. Uh-oh. Helper? Don't, don't go encouraging him. <laughs> yeah. It, it, some of the stuff he says. I'm telling you, folks, this beats speed of flights to end on any day. So, yeah. Um, I guess, Derek, again, would y'all trust IG-11 to babysit? Depends. As uh, with his own brain in there or with, um, like, Grogu or the, um, and Selen driving him? 
See, at that point in time, I don't think he's a droid at that stage. He's just a, a vessel. Yeah. He's just a um, tiny ATSG. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Could be, could be a good. Uh, I don't know. If you watch the first season and see what he does when he's protecting Grogu and stuff, it depends on what he's told to do. Yeah. Who he's following. Well, I- with Quill changing the programming to, to caretaker type mode. Exactly. I, I would. I think I'd let him. Um, question is, at the very least, be a good protector. <laughs> would you trust Quill's programming? That's it. That's a sub question for that. <laughs> would you trust his program? I think so. Depends on how many times he has spoken. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, I'm gonna flip the tables and let Kelly. Oh, ask. I've got to pick up all the cards again. <laughs> hey, that's your problem. Do you want me to ask you one? I do have the cards hey, with me. Actually, it doesn't have to be from the cards, but I'm flip the tables and let you ask us a couple questions. You but know, you know I stopped the Starspeeder with my face once. My forehead's all bond, though. Huh? I would ask you which announced series or movie you're most looking forward to. I'm looking... Go ahead, Dark. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, I would say only because it's the closest one, It's and, and I'm very interested to see where they go with it. Uh, I'm going to say the Ahsoka series. Mine would have to also be Ahsoka, partially because I've always been a fan of Thrawn. Basically, yeah, Thrawn, um, and just the whole, the whole concept of the character of Thrawn and um, his introduction is basically what put um, life back into Star Wars yeah. back in the nineties. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the novels, not dead before those books came out. Yeah. Those books came out all of a sudden. Star Wars back on top again with one book coming out of a trilogy. <laughs> yeah, and everybody wanted Star Wars again. So that, and um, also the fact that. I'm pretty sure we're going to get Ahsoka. The rest is still up in the air, even if they filmed it. You never know. Yeah, yeah. That's, like I said, I'm I'm very interested to see what direction they go in with it. I know with Zoe, um, she's excited for Ahsoka. <laughs> I got her good today. She had before I left for work. She had Disney Plus pulled up. She she walked away for for a minute. I'm like, they dropped Ahsoka early, and she actually stopped and turned. She goes. That was rude, and I <laughs> fell for it. I knew better. Um, but for me, yes, I'm excited to see Ahsoka. But the one that's really piquing my interest, especially now with some of the news that's been coming of, oh, director this, or yeah, just a little, I don't know if it's clickbait stuff or not, um, is the Acolyte. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what's actually happening and what's coming with Acolyte. Are you guys all Rebels fans? Is, do you know the characters from there? Or are you just excited oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. in general? Okay. <laughs> we, we celebrate the entire Star Wars catalog here. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually doing a rewatch through Rebels right now. I just started on um, I'm on episode three of season two right now. I'm trying to get them all done before Ahsoka starts. I'm actually also very interested in season two of Andor. I cannot wait to see that. Yeah, how they how they jump do uh, four years and mm. twelve episodes. So I really enjoyed the first season. So yeah. yeah. Do you have another question? Hopefully, we answered that question good enough for you. <laughs> um, I think if someone hasn't seen a lot with Ahsoka in it, would you recommend the Clone Wars or would you recommend Rebels? <laughs> the Clone Wars was so long that you have to kind of um, pick and choose which or what. Because if you're going to sit down and watch the Clone Wars, that's a lot of watching. Yeah, Rebels I mean, like 45 episodes. <laughs> I mean, I know there's a roadmap out there, but I mean, there's a lot put out there for the Clone Wars that they're saying is tying in with the series. 
Um, for me, I would say if you're going to watch Clone Wars before watching the Ahsoka series, if you're going to watch Clone Wars, I would watch the last few episodes of season six with the trial and her leaving the order and then her episodes of season seven of Clone Wars and then watch Rebels. I would also throw in um, her first appearance when she first gets introduced to Anakin and everything. Oh, in the with the movie? Clone Wars movie? Yeah. Yeah. What's fun is what if you want to get Actually, someone who's never met Ahsoka and you want to get it really jarring, show them the start of the Clone Wars movie and then show them her last appearance on um, the Clone Wars when she walks away from this the arc of her um, trial and when she walks away from the Jedi. Yeah. Just show them those two. Don't show them anything in between, <laughs> and you see two totally different characters. Well, I guess staying on the Ahsoka topic, what's one character that we haven't heard about that we want to see? show up in the series. Anakin. I actually <laughs> just uh, read a thing. Again, it could be a rumor, but I did read a thing that we could possibly be seeing Anakin in the series. It's He's in the, um, there's a hologram of him somehow in the um, trailers. Maybe a holocron. You want, you want to see Anakin, how would you like to see him in a flashback or as a force ghost or? Mm, good question. I think I, uh, flashback. I think, I think I flashback. See them in that relationship in live action. Yeah, because when, when she's introduced during Clone Wars, or you know, it brings so much later after the the prequels are done, and like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. There's never ever a mention of her ha- of him having a, a Padawan, right? Ever until we hit the Mandoverse or hit Rebels, which obviously is Clone Wars. But where does she come from? So I would love to see that live action aspect that takes place in the middle of the Clone Wars with <laughs> with an Ahsoka, and uh, be curious to see who who they would have cast as a younger Ahsoka, as that fifteen or seventeen year old Ahsoka. Well, that's what was kind of cool. I remember um, watching the Clone Wars when they were first coming out, and the biggest question in that entire series was what happens to Ahsoka because she's yeah. not around for the for the original trilogy, and we know what right. happens to Anakin, right? So what happened to Ahsoka? Even by episode three, we have the, Ahsoka's gone. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But until you got to the end of Clone Wars, you don't know why. But it was like, okay, does she die? Does she leave? What happens to Ahsoka? I want to see Barriss Ofri. She's got to be tied into this some, And I wonder how much she's tied in with Thrawn, mm-hmm. if possible. So, Well, with the Ahsoka series, I want to see what um, they've name dropped heir to the Empire. Yeah, it's just who right. he is. But I want to see if they pulled any other concepts or characters out of the series of books. Yeah, that could be interesting at all. And see how they've woven it into the current Star Wars canon. Well, at this point in time, is is Rook still alive? I don't remember if he's killed in Rebels or not. I don't remember. If not, he probably has a, other nuggery with him. Yeah. The main thing I want to see that that I'm worried we're not going to see is Ahsoka. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Oh man. What questions do we want answered in Ahsoka? Um, I'm super curious what happened when she and Sabine went off to the unknown regions. I think they've kind of danced around that period of time, and I'd like to see. I feel like it's something we maybe won't won't expect because they obviously didn't find either Ezra or Thrawn. So I'm curious what they did find, and I hope they at least mention a little bit of that, the journey they took at the end of Rebels. 
I want to see what did happen to Ezra and Thrawn. I'm kind of curious of when is Sabine fully find out she had force abilities and stuff. Because mm. I'm still thinking if I'm watching back as I'm watching this, like there's very, very little hints that she has any kind of force ability in the Rebels. Right. And all of a sudden you come back on this and she was Ahsoka's apprentice or something. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she was using the dark saber, but Mandalorians have been using the dark saber for for since it was made without using the force. Yeah, and to what extent was she Ahsoka's apprentice? Because obviously, yeah. at this point, she's no longer. And how did Kanan um, never pick up that she was force sensitive at all? Right. I, no, I th- I think when Kanan's training her with the dark saber, he's catching that there's some force sensitivity. I don't know. I'm gonna I, when I get to that part of the series, I'm gonna specifically watching it for that to see is there any hints that she has can use the force at all. I didn't see any of the first time I ever watched when I watched through it back when it was first on. That's why this was a total shock when I saw that in the trailers. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. I, I think there were some signs there, but I think they were also hidden when she, when it was recommended to her to use her Mandalorian trace as well. And that's when she started using, like with, when she was sparring with Ezra, use the, the whip rope and the gauntlet yeah. and the other stuff to, uh, to incorporate because she, the other hadn't developed yet. Cause I was also noticing too, after seeing some close up pictures, if she's using Ezra's saber, she has modified it slightly for herself and changed it up herself. So I'm curious, is that actually Ezra's saber? And, and she has tweaked it to, to be hers with some modifications to it? Or has she made her own saber? And it's That's loosely didn't, and it's didn't, loosely modeled after Ezra's. Didn't Ezra still have his with him when they when he got um, when they went with Burgles? I would have thought so, but who knows? Could that potentially be one that he was making as a backup that she took over? Possibly. Well, he, we knew he had at least two lightsabers because his first one was a staple gun looking thing. Yes, <laughs> which I want to see. I want to see that make an appearance in the mm-hmm. show too, just to bring some validity to it. Yeah, and, and I see Kelly smiling, going. These are some great questions. <laughs> um, I guess I'll put it out there for just in general. Any final thoughts or anything else that we'd be looking for from Ahsoka since we're two weeks away or as this airs, we'll be a week away. Yeah, I got to hurry up my rewatch. I think I covered everything I'm looking for for this. I mean, I, like I said, I'm I'm an old school um, EU fan from all the way back in the '90s, so I want to see what what stuff did they do they actually use? They've already brought in Wayland and Maltanis. Yeah, they did that for uh, Bad Batch. So, yeah. what else are they going to mine out of those three books? Sure, Eric. I don't know. I'm just I'm just open and ready to see where it goes. Well, I'm going to say again, check out the books. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's Kelly looking forward to? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. That's okay. <laughs> Thanks for catching that, Ken. Yeah, so you're going to skip her? Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I've heard it said that Ahsoka is going to be the spiritual successor to Rebels. And so I'm excited to see how much Dave Filoni brings of that that series, the feeling of that series uh, to Ahsoka. And I'm super curious what he's doing with the Force users who are not Jedi or Sith. And I think he might be teasing a misdirect with Sabine in The Apprentice thing. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Well, I've heard it actually, um, a lot of people refer to this may actually be the equivalent of Rogue Season 5, or um, Rebel Season 5. 
I think basically Filoni's kind of said that, that like it's kind of basically the the season five. Yeah, but he's, he's also said it's not on, on this. But um, you know Zeb's gonna be in there somewhere. If they got everybody yeah. else in here, they're gonna have him in there too. Yeah. Well, they already did the test run in Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, he looked great. Yeah, they did a good job on him. That, and I, I think for sure we're definitely going to get Jason because I think um, the tra- there's a trailer that came out this week, wasn't there? It's been a couple of there's them. Someone holding it looks like Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Well, and my wife and I were both thinking that maybe Jason Sindula. Well, Jason, Jason's also referenced in uh, one of the Ahsoka Lego kits mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I was wondering so, what they were going to do with we're gonna, him. We're going to probably get him in there, but um, we'll see how far along has he actually had any kind of Jedi training. And um, there's, it, I definitely have seen someone holding what looks like Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. So we may get more of the story of how did it end up at Maz Kanata's. True. Mm. Does Ahsoka and Hera take Jason to Luke's temple since that's being built now, which yeah. we saw during Mandalorian or during a uh, book of Boba Fett. That was a cool scene to see how they actually build things in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Droids. Um, when, when you see it, you're like, yeah, of course, it's droids. But until you really see it, you're like, you don't really think about it. Yep. If you want to learn more about Kelly and the different stuff she's done, go check out her website at Kelly with a Y dash com. Where can people find you online? Um, I am still on Twitter until the site sinks, um, which is on today, <laughs> but I'm still there. So you can always find me there at, at Kelly underscore Knox. Um, that's really about it. Oh, I'm on Instagram at, at Kelly Knox. If you feel like seeing pictures from my Disney vacation or whatever. <laughs> uh, if you if you want to reach out to us, you can email us at wookieradio at gmail.com or Wookie Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 407-494-6110. Uh, thank you again for joining us this week. It was a blast. Yeah. Uh, I have a quick question. That, um, I, it probably, I don't know if you have an answer at all for it, but um, do you have anything coming on the horizon that's been announced that you can actually to look forward to? I mean, I know you just had the conversation cards come out. Star Wars Every Day come out within the last year. What's the next project you're so, you're working on? If you can say anything. I nothing's been announced yet. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> well, we we know we have a fifty fifty shot with that. <laughs> you always have to ask it though. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, thank thank you again for for joining us. Uh, when the next book comes out, and we'd love to have you back on. Thank you. And uh, until next time, gentlemen, sounds like there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!